Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, October 4th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the Pearl River District is set to get an infusion of funding for a flood control project. Then a recent report raised the toxicity of Mississippi waterways. Plus, a mental health advocate examines the impact of the 988 crisis line. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Today is a great day for Rankin County, Hans County, and the city of Jackson. Residents living in the central Mississippi Pearl River floodplain are one step closer to getting some relief. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers have announced they intend to spend $221 million on a flooding project in Jackson. Robert Graham is District 1 supervisor for the city. After decades of waiting, the citizens of the city of Jackson have finally seen this project come to fruition. The Corps of Engineers, we thank you for your support. Thanks to our congressional delegation, Senator Wicker, Congressman Thompson for their support on this entire project. Hundreds of homes in mostly low-income areas of Northeast Jackson, minority neighborhoods in the city of Jackson, were impacted by the flood of 2020 and 2022. We have a solution. The solution is the flood control project. This project will protect homes and businesses in Jackson and Rankin County for years to come. Today is a great day for the city of Jackson. But this is only a first step for the citizens of Northeast Jackson, Rankin County, Hines County. We want to make sure that you understand that help is on the way, and we look forward to working with the Army Corps of Engineers and anyone else that can help bring flood control to North East Jackson, Rankin County, and Hans County. An initial $700,000 will go towards a validation study. The details and full plan have not yet been finalized. Officials are awaiting a decision document from the Corps following the study first. Jackson Mayor Shokwe and Tyler Mumba says recent flood threats highlight the need for this investment. When I started on this board uh, by virtue of my position as mayor, a good portion of the discussion was a historical account of what the threats were uh, to the residents of both Jackson uh, and uh, the various cities in Rankin County. Uh, and unfortunately, what was initially a historical account has become reality uh, in the last few years. Not only the flood of 2020, but uh, even the threat uh, in the, the rising waters of 2022. Officials anticipate it will be 2023 before assessments are complete and spending for the project can begin.
Coming up, a recent report raised the toxicity of Mississippi waterways. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi's waterways are the seventh most toxic in the nation by volume. That's according to a new report released by the nonprofit organization Environment America. Clean Water Program Director John Rumpler says 9.1 million pounds of toxic pollutants were dumped into waterways in the state in 2020. He tells our Kobe Vance what impacts those chemicals have on wetlands, wildlife, and residents of the state. The things that we looked at were the total volume of toxins that were released, as well as the fact that some of these chemicals are linked to cancer, reproductive health risks like infertility and birth defects, as well as developmental problems uh, that can be caused in children. So we looked at those health hazards. And then the other thing we looked at is a a lot of these pollutants are what are called nitrates, um, which can have effects both on human health as well as on the environment. What are some of these chemicals that are being leaked into waterways? Well, it varies from facility by facility, um, but broadly speaking, the data across the country covers uh, well-known substances like lead and arsenic, um, more other toxic uh, things like hexavalent chromium, uh, but as well, as I said, nitrates. This pollution, nitrates, flowing not just from Mississippi, but also throughout the entire Mississippi watershed, coming down the Mississippi River, flowing out into the Gulf of Mexico, has contributed to a dead zone the size of, in some years, the state of Connecticut, other states, uh, other years, the size of the state of New Jersey, a gigantic area where there's too little oxygen in the water to support fish and wildlife. That is a huge blow to our environment. Um, in addition to the immediate toxic health impacts for the residents of Mississippi from some of these other chemicals linked to cancer and other health impacts. Is this something that is being deliberately done? Is this something that without intention, but they are doing it regardless? Or is it um, seeing things like contaminants coming from um, farms where they have different pesticides on their fields? No, this data does not even include runoff from farms or other uh, runoff pollution. This is pollution coming directly from a pipe from an industrial facility that is flowing into a river. The data doesn't tell us whether they were intentional or accidental. They don't tell us whether these facilities were violating their permits at some point or if, in fact, the pollution was completely legal. What they do tell us is that the amount of pollution is troublingly high 
and just intolerable for Mississippi's waters. What could happen if we continue to see this uh, pollutants entering Mississippi's wetlands, um, and not just on a you know, human aspect, but the environmental aspect, and uh, especially in Mississippi, conservation? Right. Well, wetlands are vital for so many reasons. They help filter out pollutants and keep the rest of our waterways downstream from being even more polluted than they are. But they're also critical because they protect our communities from flooding. And on top of that, um, wetlands provide vital habitat for fish and birds and wildlife. And so this is one reason why there's really strong bipartisan support from ordinary people in Mississippi and across the country to protect wetlands. Because if you love to fish or you love to swim um, or you love to go hunting or any of these things out in nature, you depend on wetlands for that experience. John Ruppler is the Clean Water Program Director for Environment America. Coming up, a mental health advocate examines the impact of the 988 crisis line. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This has been, or rather this is, Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Boy, we're rushing things, aren't we? This is Mississippi Edition again. Recent mass shootings and pandemic lockdowns have elevated conversations nationwide about the importance of mental health. There has been an increase in education and outreach programs to combat the stigma of diagnosis and the need to seek help. Satania Wembley is the executive director of the National Alliance of Mental Illness Mississippi chapter. She tells our Rhonda Dunaway the 988 Mental Health Helpline launched this summer has helped connect residents with needed resources. So our state has 15 community mental health centers, and they're placed all around the state of Mississippi. Um, We have mobile crisis teams that you can call from those community mental health centers, and they will come out and meet you wherever you are and um, make sure that your loved one is stabilized. There are 14 stabilization units around the state, which means a person can go into that location, um, get stabilized, and be released back into the community in a better state. And then there are actually, if, you know, stabilization doesn't work, community mental health centers and treatments don't work, there are five hospitals still across the state. So Whitfield is um, one of them, but it's actually the Mississippi State Hospital, but we know it as Whitfield. There's North Mississippi State Hospital, um, the Specialized Treatment Facility, East Mississippi State Hospital, and South Mississippi State Hospital. And all five of those are inpatient for children and adults. But the overall goal is for individuals in the community to be able to go to a community mental health center before they get to a crisis point. So they go to one of the 15 community mental health centers, seek treatment as needed, and you they won't get to a point where they have to be 
um, institutionalized for periods of time. They may go in, and if they decide they're needing some stabilization, that may be maybe 24 to 48 hours where they take them into a hospital setting and regulate their medication and make sure they're stabilized mentally before releasing them back out into the world. Because when you think about it, if a person is holding a job or someone has um, children, 48 hours is a long time for them to be away from their responsibilities. And by getting help early, you get to avoid all of that and continue to be productive citizens, continue to be productive parents, and still have mental health and wellness in the forefront. So how have you gotten any feedback on the new 988 line and um – I think there was a special line for veterans also to call. And have you got any feedback on that? And it ha- is that helping people get access to those um, help- mental health care facilities that you were just talking about? Yes, ma'am. So there is a system set up. Um, when you dial 988, what is generally supposed to happen is someone is supposed to be contacted, either a um, licensed clinician or a community mental health center or one of those crisis stabilization units to come out if need be and assist with whatever the crisis may be. If need be, they can come out with an officer or just an officer can come out who may be trained in um, mental health so that they understand what signs and symptoms to look for and how to de-escalate situations when there is a need, opposed to just sending out an officer who has no idea about mental health. So all of that is kind of the background of what's happening in 988. One thing um, across the nation, I mean, it just launched on July the 16th. So we don't have a lot of statistics back yet, but we do know that we are getting calls in the state of Mississippi. They are being answered, and they are going to people who can assist with mental health crises. Now, across the nation, what we're realizing is we're building the plane as we fly it. And with our statistics and Mm -hmm. our systems in the state of Mississippi, we are doing the same thing, trying to make sure that when someone does call or has the courage to reach out to 988, that they get what's needed. Satania Wembley is the executive director of NAMI Mississippi. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.